Good morning, everyone, and welcome to our Course in Miracles daily reading conference call. We read from the text of A Course in Miracles original edition, published by our dear friends of the Course in Miracles Society. You can access an online copy of the original edition by going to jcim.net. Or if you mouse over the link top for online edition, you'll see the link to read ACIMOE. Also, on that website, there's a tab called Lesson Sign Up. Where you can sign up to receive a daily excellent email that includes both the text reading for the day as well as the day's lesson. My name is Lori Cameron. This calls Monday through Friday from about 9.15 to about 11 a.m. Eastern. Today we continue our reading of Chapter 30, The New Beginning, with Section 4, Beyond All Idols. We're also mindful of our lesson today. Oh boy, I love this one. Lesson 317. I follow in the way appointed me. And by way of opening this morning, gosh, I'm just this beautiful poem by David White, I think, um, is such an invitation into the way. Uh, the poem is entitled, What I Must Tell Myself. And it goes like this. I know this house and this horizon and this world I have made. I know this silence and the particular treasures and terrors of the way I try to belong to my work, my loved ones, and my life. But I cannot know the world to which I am going. I have only this breath and this presence for my wings, and they carry me in my body, whatever I do, from one hushed moment to another. I know my innocence, and against all sense, I know something of my unknowing. And strangely, I know through all this innocence and unknowing what I have accomplished. But for all my successes, I go through life like a blind child who cannot see, arms outstretched trying to put together a world. And the world works on my behalf, catching me in its arms when I go too far. I don't know what I ever could have done to have earned such faith. Watching the geese go south, I find that even in silence and even in stillness and even in my home alone without a thought or a movement, I am part of a great migration that will take me to another place. And though all the things I love may pass away and the great family of things and people I've invited around me will see me go, I feel them living in me like a great gathering about to go with me to reach a greater home. When one thing dies, all things die together and must live again in a different way. When one thing is missing, everything is missing and must be found again in a new whole. And everything wants to be complete. Everything wants to go home and the geese traveling south are like the shadow of my breath flying into the darkness on great heartbeats to the unknown land where I belong. This morning above the house they found me again strangely full of faith like a blind child nestled in their feathers following a great coast to the home I cannot see. Oh, amen. Thank you, Lori, for that. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. 
Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for taking us home. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful poem. God, it just... <sighs> I could weep for its beauty. But anyway, here we have a reading list today. Let me see here. We have Lemoyne, Fran, Jennifer, Lana, and Robin Marie. You were joined in listening this morning by Bryce and Wendy and Harrison and Judy. <laughs> Anyone else uh, have joined us would like to be on the reading list or say good morning? Morning, it's Sandra. I can read. Thank you, Sandra. Good morning, it's Jessica. I'll be listening. Morning, Jessica. Great. What else care to announce? All right. Then, here we go in Chapter 30. The New Beginning, Section 4, Beyond All Idols. We start today at Paragraph 38. Idols are quite specific, but your will is universal, being limitless, and so it has no form, nor is content for its expression in terms of form. Idols are limits. They are the belief that there are forms which will bring happiness, and that by limiting, it is all attained. It is, if, it is as if you said, quote, I have no need of everything, this little thing I want, and it will be everything to me, end quote. And this must fail to satisfy because it is your will that everything be yours. Decide for idols and you ask for laws. Decide for truth and everything is yours. All the way. Chapter 30, The New Beginning, Section 4, Beyond All Idols. Idols are quite specific. Idols are quite specific. But your will is universal, being limitless. So it has no form, nor is content for its expression in the terms of form. Idols are limits. They are the belief that there are forms which will bring happiness and that by limiting is all attained. It is as if you said, quote, I have no need of everything, this little thing I want, and it will be as everything to me. And this must fail to satisfy because it is your will that everything be yours. Decide for idols, and you ask for loss. Decide for truth, and everything is yours. It is not form you seek. What form can be a substitute for God the Father's love? What form can take the place of all the love in the divinity of God the Son? What idol can make two of what is one. And can the limitless be limited? You do not want an idol. It is not your will to have one. 
it will not bestow on you the gift you seek. When you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. So you see your will within the idol, thus reducing it to a specific form. Yet this could never be your will, because what shares in all creation cannot be content with small things, small ideas, and little things. Thank you, Lloyd. And Fran. 39. It is not form you seek. What form can be a substitute for God the Father's love? What form can take the place of all the love and the divinity of God the Son? What idol can make two of what is one? And can the limitless be limited? You do not want an idol. It is not your will to have one. It will not bestow on you the gift you seek. When you decide upon the form of what you want, you lose the understanding of its purpose. So you see your will within the idol, thus reducing it to a specific form. Yet this could never be your will, because what shares in all creation cannot be content with small ideas and little things. 40. Behind the search for every idol lies the yearning for completion. Wholeness has no form because it is unlimited. To seek a special person or to think or a thing to add to you to make yourself complete can only mean that you believe some form is missing. And by finding this, you will achieve completion in the form you like. This is the purpose of an idol, that you will not look beyond it to the source of the belief that you are incomplete. Only if you had sinned could this be so. For sin is the idea you are alone and separated off from what is whole. And thus it would be necessary for the search for wholeness to be made beyond the boundaries of limits on yourself. Thank you, Fran. Uh, Jennifer. Behind the search for every idol lies the yearning for completion. Wholeness has no form because it is unlimited. To seek a special person or a thing to add to you <clears throat> to make yourself complete can only mean that you believe some form is missing. And by finding this, you will achieve completion in the form you like. This is the purpose of an idol, that you will not look beyond it to the source of the belief that you are incomplete. <laughs> Only if you had sin could this be so. For sin is the idea you are alone and separated off from what is whole. And thus it would be necessary for the search for wholeness to be made beyond the boundaries of limits on on yourself. <clears throat> 41. It never is the idol that you want but what you think it offers you, you want indeed, and have the right to ask for. Nor could it be possible it be denied. 
Your will to be complete is but God's will. And this is given you by being His. God knows not form. He cannot answer you in terms which you have no meaning. And you will and you and your will to not be satisfied with empty forms made, but to fill a gap which is not there. It is not this you want. Creation gives no separate person and no separate thing the power to complete the Son of God. What idol can be called upon to give the Son of God what he already has? Thank you, Jennifer. Uh, Lana. Okay, uh, 41. It is It never is the idol that you want, but what you think it but what you think it offers you, you want indeed, and have the right to ask for. Nor could it be possible it be denied. Your will to be complete is but God's will, and this is given you by being his. God knows not form. He cannot answer you in terms which have no meaning and your will could not be satisfied with empty forms made but to fill a gap which is not there. It is not this you want. Creation gives no separate person and no separate thing the power to complete the Son of God. What idol can be called upon to give the Son of God what he already has. 42. Completion is the function of God's Son. He has no need to seek for it at all. Beyond all idols stands his holy will to be, to be but what he is. For more than whole is meaningless. If there were change in him, if he could be reduced to any form and limited to what is not in him, he, he would not be as God created him. What idol can he need to be himself? For can he give a part of him away? What is not whole cannot make whole. Oh, I love that. What is not whole cannot make whole. But what is really asked for cannot be denied. Your will is granted, not in any form that would content you not, not in any form that would content you not, but in the whole completely lovely thought God holds of you. Thank you, Anna. And let's see, uh, that would be next, Robin Marie. Forty-two. Completion is the function of God's Son. He has no need to seek for it at all. 
Beyond all idols stands his holy will to be but what he is. For more than whole is meaningless. If there were changing him, if he could be reduced to any form and limited to what is not in him, he would not be as God created him. What idol can he need to be himself? For can he give a part of him away? What is not whole cannot make whole. But what is really asked for cannot be denied. Your will is granted, not in any form that would content you not, but in the whole, completely lovely thought God holds of you. 43. Nothing that God knows not exists. And what he knows exists forever, changelessly. For thoughts endure as long as does the mind that thought of them. And in the mind of God, there is no ending nor a time in which his thoughts were absent or could suffer change. Thoughts are not born and cannot die. They share the attributes of their creator, nor have they a separate life apart from his. The thoughts you think are in your mind, as you are in the mind which thought of you. And so there are no separate parts in what exists within God's mind. It is forever one, eternally united and at peace. Thank you, Robin Marie and Sandra. Sorry, what number are we on? Uh, Sandra, that would be uh, 43 and 44. 43. Nothing that God knows not exists. And what he knows exists forever, changelessly. For thoughts endure as long as does the mind that thought of them. And in the mind of God there is no ending nor a time in which his thoughts were absent or could suffer change. Thoughts are not born and cannot die. They share the attributes of their creator, nor have they a separate life apart from this, from his. The thoughts you think are in your mind, as you are in the mind, capital M, mind, which, capital W, thought of you. And so there are no separate parts in what exists within God's mind. It is forever one, eternally united and at peace. 44. Thoughts seem to come and go, yet all this means is that you are sometimes aware of them and sometimes not. As unremembered thought is born again to you, when it returns to your awareness. Yet it did not die when you forgot it. It was always there, but you were unaware of it. The thought God holds of you is perfectly unchanged by your forgetting. 
it will always be exactly as it was before the time when you forgot and will be just the same when you remember. And it is the same within the interval when you forgot. Thank you, Sandra. And would there be a new reader for 44 and 45? Anyone join us would like to read paragraph 44 and 45? Um, Patricia here. Oh, thanks, Patricia. Yes. Okay. 44. Thoughts seem to come and go. Yet all this means is that you are sometimes aware of them and sometimes not. An unremembered thought is born again to you when it returns to your awareness. Yet it did not die when you forgot it. It was always there. It was always there, but you were unaware of it. The thought God holds of you is perfectly unchanged by your forgetting. It will always be exactly as it was before the time when you forgot and will be just the same when you remember. And it is the same within the interval when you forgot. 45. The thoughts of God are far beyond all change and shine forever. They await not birth. They wait for welcome and remembering. The thought God holds of you is like a star, unchangeable in an eternal sky. So high in heaven is at set is it set that those outside of heaven know not it is there. So high in heaven is it set that those outside of heaven know not it is there. Yet still and white and lovely will it shine through all eternity. There was no time. It was not there. No instant when its light grew dimmer or less perfect ever was. Thank you. Thank you, Patricia. And would there be another narrator for 45 and 46? I could do it, Lori. Thanks, Judy. The 
capital thoughts of God are far beyond all change and shine forever. They await not birth. They wait for welcome and remembering. The thought, capital thought God holds of you is like a star, unchangeable in an eternal sky. So high in heaven is it set that those outside of heaven know not it is there, yet still and white and lovely will it shine through all eternity. There was no time it was not there, no instant when its light grew dimmer or less perfect ever was. There was no time it was not there, no instant when its light grew dimmer or less perfect ever was. Who knows the Father knows this light, for capital He is the eternal sky, which holds it safe, forever lifted up and anchored sure. Its perfect purity does not depend on whether it is seen on earth or not. The sky embraces it and softly holds it in its perfect place, which is as far from earth as earth from heaven. It is not the distance nor the time which keeps this star invisible to earth, but those who seek for idols cannot know this star is there. Amen. Thank you, Judy. And is there another new reader for 46 and 47, please? We're in chapter 30, paragraph 46 and 47. Back to you, uh, I'll be happy. I'll be happy to. Oh read. yes. I need to open. I just joined. Safety. Uh, Go ahead. Yes, hi. Thank you. Hi. Uh, I'm sorry. It's going to take me a minute to open. That's fine. Chapter thirty. We are on. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, and par- paragraph forty-six. Forty-seven. Getting there. Forty-five, forty-six. I got it. Thank you. Thank you. Who knows? Who knows? The Father knows this light, for He is the eternal sky, which holds it safe, forever lifted up, and anchored sure. Its perfect purity does not depend on whether it is seen on earth or not. The sky embraces it and softly holds it in its perfect place, which is as far from earth as earth from heaven. It is not the distance nor the time which keeps the star invisible to earth. But those who seek for idols cannot know this star is 
there. 47. Beyond all idols is the thought God holds of you. Completely unaffected by the turmoil and the terror of the world. The dreams of birth and death that are here are dreams. The myriad of forms that fear can take, quite undisturbed. The capsule thought God holds of you remains exactly as it always was, surrounded by a stillness so complete no sound of battle comes remotely near. It rests in certainty, certainty and perfect peace. Here is your one reality kept safe, completely unaware of all the world that worships idols and that knows not God. In perfect sureness, of its changelessness and of its rest in its eternal home, the thought God holds of you has never left the mind of its creator, whom it knows as its creator knows that it is there. Thank you, Sevji. And... Is there another new reader for uh, 47 and 48? Sure, I'll, I'll read this Harris. price. Uh, did I hear Harrison? Or, no, price. price. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Thank you, dear. 47 and 48. That is correct. Beyond all idols is the thought God holds of you, completely unaffected by the turmoil and the terror of the world, the dreams of birth and death that here are dreamed, the myriads of forms that fear can take. Quite undisturbed, the thought God holds of you remains exactly as it always was. Surrounded by a stillness so complete, no sound of battle comes remotely near. It rests in certainty and perfect peace. Here is your one reality kept safe completely unaware of all the world that worships idols and that knows not God. In perfect sureness of its changelessness and of its rest in its eternal home, the thought God holds of you has never left the mind of its creator, whom it knows as its creator knows that it is there. Where could the thought God holds of you exist but where you are? Is your reality a thing apart from you and in a world which your reality knows nothing of? Outside you, there is no eternal sky, no changeless star, no reality. The mind of heaven's son in heaven is or there the mind of Father and Son joined in creation, which can have no end. 
You have not two realities, but one. Nor can you be aware of more than one. An idol or the thought of God holds of you is your reality. Forget not, then, that idols must keep hidden what you are, not from the mind of God, but from your own. The stars shine still. The sky has never changed, but you, the Holy Son of God himself, are unaware of your reality. Thank you, Bryce. And is there another new reader that would like to finish today with paragraph 48, please? I want to read it, please. (laughs) Come ahead, Judy. (laughs) If there's not anyone else. Awesome. Where could the capital thought God holds of you exist? but where you are. Is your reality a thing apart from you and in a world which your reality knows nothing of? Outside you there is no eternal sky, no changeless star, and no reality. The mind of heaven's sun in heaven is. I love this. The mind of heaven's sun in heaven is for there the mind of Father and Son, joined in creation, which can have no end. You have not two realities, but one, nor can you be aware of more than one. An idol or the capital thought God holds of you is your reality. Forget not that, then that idols must keep hidden what you are, not from the mind of God, but from your own, the stars shine still. The sky has never changed. But you, the Holy Son of God himself, are unaware of your reality. Hoo-wee! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Judy. All righty. Well. Beyond all items, section four. Your will is universal, being limitless. But idols are limits. Decide for idols and you ask for loss. Decide for truth. And everything is yours. Beyond the search for every idol lies the yearning for completion. But wholeness has no form because it is unlimited. 41. It never is the idol that you want, but what you think it offers you, you want indeed and have the right to ask for. Nor could it be possible that it be denied. Your will to be complete is but God's will, and this is given you by being His. In paragraph 42, completion is a function of God's Son. He has no need to seek for it at all. Beyond all idols stands his holy will to be but what he is. For more than whole is meaningless. 
And what is really asked for cannot be denied. Your will is granted not in any form that would content you not, but in the whole and completely lovely thought God holds of you. In paragraph 45, the thoughts of God are far beyond all change and shine forever. They wait not birth, they wait for welcome and remembering. The thought God holds of you is like a star, unchangeable in an eternal sky. So high in heaven is it. Set that those outside heaven know not that it is there, yet still and white and lovely will it shine through all eternity. There was no time it was not there, no instant when its light grew dimmer or less perfect ever was. Who knows the Father knows this light, for he is the eternal sky which holds it safe, forever lifted up and anchored sure. Where could the thought God holds of you exist but where you are? Outside you, there is no eternal sky, no changeless star, no reality. The mind of heaven, Son, in heaven is. For there the mind of Father and Son joined in creation which can have no end. You have not two realities, but one. An idol or the thought of God you. God holds of you is your reality. Forget not that idols must keep hidden what you are, not from the mind of God, but from your own. The stars shine still, the sky has never changed, but you, the Holy Son of God himself, are unaware of your reality. Amen, and uh, I think it would be great right now to uh, take our holy pause reflect on the last judgment and open our heart minds to the way that is appointed. So Fran, we'll turn to you once again with our gratitude. Um, please anchor us this morning. Thank you, Lori. Hi, everybody. We are still in the second part of the workbook, and the theme that we're on is what is the last judgment? And today's lesson is Lesson 317, I Follow in the Way Appointed Me. So I shall read some from What is the Last Judgment, and then we'll go to our lesson and do our five-minute meditation. Okay, what is the last judgment? Christ's second coming gives the Son of God the gift to hear the voice for God proclaim that what is false is false. And what is true has never changed. And this the judgment is in which perception ends. At first, you see a world which has accepted this as true, projected from a now corrected mind. And with this holy sight, perception gives a silent blessing and then disappears. Its goal accomplished and its mission done. This is God's final judgment. You are still my holy son, forever innocent, forever loving, and forever loved, as limitless as your creator and completely changeless and forever pure. Therefore, awaken and return to me. 
I am your father, and you are my son, unquote. We'll go over to the lesson. Lesson 317, I follow in the way God appointed me. I have a special place to fill, a role for me alone. Salvation waits until I take this part as what I choose to do. Until I make this choice, I am the slave of time and human destiny. But when I willingly and gladly go the way my father's plan appointed me to go, then will I recognize salvation is already here, already given all my brothers and already mine as well. Father, your way is what I choose today. Where it would lead me, do I choose to go. What it would have me do, I choose to do. Your way is certain and the end secure. The memory of you awaits me there, and all my sorrows and in your embrace, which you have promised to your son, who thought mistakenly that he had wandered from your sure protection of your loving arms. Lesson 317. I follow in the way appointed me. Five minutes.
317. I follow in the way appointed me. Amen. Amen. Just beautiful, friend. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thanks, friend. Thank you, friend. Thank you, guys. Thank you, friend. Oh, it's so lovely. I have a confession. This is Bryce. I have a I have an idol, and it's uh, this call and all you people. You complete me. Oh. I missed you guys. It's good to be on the call with you and be in Albuquerque and get to see. Uh, Lemoyne and the appearance of Lee, perhaps. We'll see. For all those uh, on the call, I'm really grateful that you're here and you support me even when I'm not on the call, knowing you're here. I love you guys. Thanks. Love you too, Bryce. And, uh, yeah. We complete each other, my friend, and that's no idol. So thank you. Yes, yeah, so so nice to hear you there. Have fun. Thank you, guys. Hoo-wee. Good morning, guys. What a powerful text reading and lesson in combo. I will follow the way um, home to heaven. All I can think about is that powerful line that I read and reread was the um, the mind of, of heaven's son in heaven is and um, that we're already home and in the lesson it speaks of all who wander are not lost because we're forever in the embrace of the love of God and the 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 the, the strong message for me this morning was seek not outside myself. I need not seek anything outside of myself to complete myself. I am already complete and whole. I complete God as does everything that is a part of God's one son, one capital son. And the way to find heaven is to know his Christ consciousness is my reality. The awareness of everything as myself is my reality, my capital reality. And I need not do anything. I need not achieve or become anything other than the, the awareness of my reality is already mine. And um, in this, the sun, the heaven's sun is in, in the mind of heaven, that heaven is a state of mind, a state of awareness, a state of completion, a state of wholeness. And it's very joyful to me today. It really makes my heart sing in. And... Um, the all-inclusive nature of it, the the all, um, no one's accepted, no one's excluded, nothing is excluded, right or wrong, no matter what we think in our little minds, it's all thought in the mind of God, all a part of it, and um, that we can get lost in our own thinking, our own personal, personal minds, personal thoughts, but we're really limiting and limiting limiting um, our minds to the, the grandeur and the glory and the magnitude of 
who we are in truth. And um, the end, the end of idols is the end of the dream that I am a body, that I'm in a world as a body. The end of um, seeking outside of myself in a world to where I can't find myself because myself, the truth of who myself, capital self is, is within me. That's why I need not seek anywhere outside of myself for my own completion. Beautiful reading today. And um, you know that that um, line that Lana said, Lana said she loved, that a part cannot make the whole. Um, that, and this is, this is the most powerful, one of the most powerful sections for me because you guys hear me say this all the time, that um, to judge part of God's, God's totality is to judge God and to, to slice and dice reality is not to know or be aware of all of it. So um, what is one cannot be two or many. What is one is the same and cannot be different. It's holy mind, holy awareness, and holy spirit. It's holiness and perfection is in its oneness and its completion. Thank you. I love you all. So glad you're here with me today. Couldn't do it without you. <laughs> Love it, Jude. Thank you, thank Jude. You. Thank you, Judy. Uh, if you don't mind, when you... Thank you, Judy. This is Bryce. I'll be. I'll try to be quick. Uh, this section, um, you know, you faithful ones who are in this course every day, I'm sure this this might seem uh, elementary, but in reading this section today, for me, hearing it, uh, it reminds me clearly how my thoughts inform my reality and that there's really two thought systems, one that's coming from a sense of separation that projects that sense of separation on the world, and then this uh, correction that the Course provides for my mind. It's like looking outside in at myself uh, with loving thoughts that are inclusive, but coming from a source that's all-encompassing, not from a mind that thinks itself alone. It's like a it's an expanded sense of awareness that informs me of who I am. And what a difference that experience is um, when experiencing the extension of the mind of God instead of thinking from a mind that thinks itself alone. And how great a need there is for idols in a mind that thinks it's of itself alone and seeks for completion outside itself. And how gracious can we be when we come to, to know the truth from that mind that thinks of me uh, inclusively and inclusively of all as well uh, in oneness. 
I, I joke around about you guys being my idol. Um, I was in a Course of Love meeting in Minneapolis once, and I was just thrilling on the adventures of my life uh, as of recent. And I'm in that state again of seeing how joyous it is to have the intent of joining with others and finding a path open up for you, a divine path open up to join with others. Um, but I was told it was just a story, and it crushed my spirit. I was so full of an idle thought that somehow my dream could be crushed by another's um, idea that it's just a story. I was like, whoa, 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 help me. My idol, my idol, my story is, is what I'm hanging on like, like a thread to, to know the, the inner working amazing uh, experience of being joined uh, with this dream and seeing things unfold so happily. It's just a story, I was told. It really hurt. But then once I, like, got clear that it was the part of my mind calling calling me out and not wanting to have an experience that's separate from anyone else's, not to elevate myself uh, at the exception of, of any one of myself. And... Um, so I'm grateful for the lesson today. I'm grateful for being able to be a, a part of, of this experience of, sh- of a shared dream with uh, many of you. And I, I have one of the most joyous uh, experiences of, of getting to travel and, and connect with, with you souls in a, in a bodily communications way. And uh, it's very hard uh, to step back sometimes and not pinch myself and say, Okay, this is not special. This is not special. This is this is what's in store for all who uh, can really uh, step back and let love lead the way. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. I don't want to have any specialness apart from my brothers. I don't want to have any sense that my journey is somehow particularly better or somehow. Uh, look upon anyone else's as anything other than uh, God-ordained. I love you guys. I'm complete. That was beautiful, Bryce. Thank you so much. Love having you here. Thank you, Bryce. So good to hear your voice in my deep. Enjoy every minute of it, Bryce. Thanks, loves. Good morning. This is Jennifer. Something that um, came to me was uh, every difficulty that I have um, is like a crescendo uh, opportunity. and I just saw in this lesson to um, 
recognize my mind going nuts or I can, I, I like to use the phrase, everyone get out of the pool. I can get out of the pool of my mind where um, it's disconnected from God, the truth, peace, calm. And, uh, and that's all I need to do. I just have to stop, observe that I'm insane in that moment, which is a disconnection from the whole, creating all kinds of story <clears throat> that isn't true about me or light or anything in it, and just breathe. For me, this looks like um, breathing. It looks like I'm going to meditate a couple times a day. Um, I'm going to um, eat healthy food. I'm going to do maybe a little exercise because it feels good, not for the sense of an idol. <laughs> um, so I just, um, <clears throat> it's just so simple. Just stop. Stop the madness. And um, there you are. You're already connected to the whole and to love. With that, I, I'm complete. Thank you. Oh, that was enjoyable. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Jennifer. Thanks, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. Good morning, this is Sandra. And I follow in the way appointed me. And I guess I'm one of the lucky ones who has had to walk the path solo because I haven't had any distractions and the only place for me to go was to God, to my Creator, to the Holy Spirit. And what a gift that is. Um, because it's this this lesson is like is like love letter. These this text is like a love letter <laughs> to myself. It's like you want love, Sandra. You want to feel connected and at one with yourself and with your Creator. I haven't quite reached, which I mentioned in the earlier call. I haven't quite reached the place that Bryce is talking about where he feels one with all of creation. But um, I know I'm getting there because the first part is truly intact. My relationship with God and my creator, who is my creator, and my Holy Spirit is strong. And my relationship with myself through self-care and self-love is strong. Those relationships have not disappointed me. They, they are better than anything I could have ever imagined. My relationship with bodies is, is, uh, <laughs> is not so strong. However, it is requiring that I strengthen that forgiveness muscle, which is why I'm here in the first place. So all is well. And I am so grateful for the life that I have. I'm complete.
Thank you, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Oh, that was beautiful, Sandra. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you, Sandra. This is Jennifer again. I want to real quickly just say um, I've been working on um, recognizing my judgments uh, about myself, especially with a few friends of mine and the guilt that goes with it um, and, and so on. And I'm in this place where... I'm like, okay, just, and I'm seeing right now, I'm separating myself uh, in these thoughts, and it feels terrible. <laughs> like, coursework, it's been over a year now, um, that I, man, I can really feel the burn when I'm, you know, in that real separated old state of thinking. So that's good. You know, it's an opportunity to come back quick. <laughs> and, I, and I do more and more. But I, I am starting to feel the release in any given moment that I just say, you know what, I don't know. I'm going to accept that I have had this resentment, this deep separated with this brother-sister, right, uh, state of thinking. And that's where I am right now, is just accepting. And I'm going to, right now, I'm, I guess what I'm doing is just saying, Holy Spirit, please help me release this to you so I can be in that state of feeling like I'm connected completely to the whole in any given moment. So I... I that I, I'm separating myself. That's what life is showing me, and that's a blessing. Gosh darn it, thank you. I'm seeing it as a blessing instead of attacking myself for a, seeing that I'm separated and letting the guilt just kick the crap out of me. So anyways, uh, I said I was going to keep this short. So it, <laughs> there is progress. I'm good for you. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Jennifer. That is the way, one step at a time. Thank you, Jennifer. Oh, good morning. This is Lana. Um, I really love this reading. It, of course, it, it, it directed my mind back to the place it belongs, you know, and where, and where it is. And um, this one sentence really tells the whole story when Jesus says, um, I think it's in paragraph 43, the thoughts you think are in your mind as you are in the mind which thought of you. So I'm a thought in the mind of God and every thought that I have is in my mind, you know, just as um, I'm in God's mind. 
you know, so I have to take ownership of every thought and however that thought will manifest in this dreamlike state that I find myself in. And, um, and, and Jesus tells us in another part of the course that every, and I'm, this, I'm probably not quoting it right, but paraphrasing it, every loving thought that I ever have is saved for all eternity because it's a loving thought and love is the only reality. So every loving thought I have is in harmony with the truth of who I am. So it's retained um, in my in my mind for me, held for me. Um, but every fearful thought that I have is not in harmony with who I am. So um, it can't be saved, it's meaningless. It doesn't have, um, it doesn't possess the attributes, the harmony that makes it, allows it to sing in my mind for all eternity. So however they manifest, um, you know, it's very interesting when I stay present in my awareness. And awareness is, for me, is like a key word. It's a, it's a key aspect of everything I'm learning in, in this course. Um, when I stay present um, with God in the here and now, um, I'm at peace. I'm at peace. But these idols and these fearful thoughts that can manifest as idols, where I give them more importance in my mind than I do God, and that's how I define an idol. Anything that distracts me or pulls me away from the truth of who I am here and now, I've made an idol of. Um, so it's good to recognize that, you know, a recognition of these fearful thoughts and these meaningless ideas that disturb my peace, you know, is, you know, is the whole ball of wax. You know, if I recognize something um, that I'm thinking, that's fearful or not in harmony, then I can choose to let it go. I can choose to forgive it. And and this allows me to return to peace. But uh, the longer I hold on to it, and to hold on to it is to focus my attention and my awareness on it. You know, when when my awareness travels into time, which could be past regrets or future worries, however the thought manifests. When it travels away from the truth of, of me, it's like I'm pulling layers of cement <laughs> over the truth and hiding it. And um, as, as this past, as this reading tells us, I can't be, my mind can't be in two places at the same time. It can't be in truth with God here and now and be off traveling in space and time. So when I'm in one, I call it dimension, I'm oblivious to the other. Um, I forget. So when I'm traveling off in my mind, in my awareness away from here and now with God, I forget God. You know, I, it, it becomes, I'm unaware of it, I should say. It's not in my awareness. And when I'm present with God, totally present in my awareness here and now, then 
ego ideas and fearful thoughts, I can see their meaninglessness. And so I become oblivious to them. They're not in my awareness. I can't mix the two, though. I'm either in one or the other. And it's like being, you can't be a little bit pregnant, you know. You're either, you either are or you aren't. aren't. So that's how I um, distinguish it. I can, I can ask myself a simple question if I'm confused. I can just ask myself, am I at peace? And that answer will tell me everything I need to know. That asking that question brings my focus and my attention and my awareness back to here and now. And it's a question I have to go within to answer. I I can't find the answer anyplace else. So for me, it's an important question. Am I at peace? You know, because if I'm not, then I know I'm not being present with God. I've overlaid all this junk on top of the basic truth of who I am and have hidden it from my awareness. So, of course, this the remedy is always forgiveness. But first, I need to notice that I need to forgive. <laughs> it's kind of the whole thing about forgiveness is pretty paradoxical because... First, I notice I need forgiveness, and then forgiveness shows me there's nothing to forgive. You know, I always remain, as this reading tells me, I always remain the changeless and the eternal and the innocent and the perfect child of God as a thought in his mind. And and it's like, I, it's why I don't need to be worried about anything, because you know, it's not like I'm in the world. Actually, the world is in me. It's a thought in my mind, just like I'm a thought in God's mind. You know, it's a thought, and I can make it as real as I want. I can make it as meaningful as I want, but that doesn't give me peace a lot of the time. You know, maybe on Christmas Eve I'll get excited and happy about the world. But <laughs> but uh, other than that, so um, this reading today is really foundational in um, directing my mind to who I am and where I am and what I am as an internal creation of God. And that never changes. And then I fall asleep and have these dreams and go wandering off in time and space and have all sorts of adventures, <laughs> you know, uh, emotional adventures, physical adventures. Um, but it's comforting to, to read this section and realize that the truth in me is changeless. Nothing can affect it. Nothing can destroy my innocence or my perfection um, as I was created by God. So it's uplifting in that um, it assures me of my eternal salvation, but it also shows me where I go amiss and how I go amiss (laughs) and how I bring about, you know, Jesus says somewhere in the Course, the secret of salvation is but this, you're doing it to yourself. And um, this reading really demonstrates how we do that. So anyhow, I'm complete. Uh, thank you for listening to me.
Oh, Lana, that was just so, so beautiful. I love the way you talk about peace. Me too. Thank you so much. Lana, thank you for always breaking it down so beautifully. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Lana. Hi, really. Well, hi, Ida. Good morning. Good morning, Lori. It is a beautiful reading today and a beautiful lesson. And I think um, <laughs> my favorite favorite part about the lesson is... Um, Let's see. The last sentence. But when I willingly and gladly go the way my father's plan appointed me to go, then will I recognize salvation is already here, already given all my brothers, and already mine as well. Um, I love that sentence because it evokes... Um, to me, if, uh, there's one line I just have to tap, if I may, please, and mute it for a second. Um, it evokes the word surprise, you know, and, uh, and I love the word surprise. It's always a surprise uh, when I've been pursuing a path that isn't uh, the one for me. Uh, it's always a surprise when I'm reeled back in, you know. And what's reeled back in except my, my mistaken thoughts? And um, and the and the essence of the surprise is unity. Salvation's already there, given me and all my brothers. Oh, I thought um, I thought it was different for you. I thought it was different for me. Um. And with that as a prelude, um, I wanted to point out something that's really um, excellent in paragraph 40, I think it is, of the reading, or at least it's really excellent for me. Let's see. Behind the search for every idol lies the year... Tap, tap that line again. I'm sorry. I want to mute if you're not talking. Um, Behind the search for every idol lies the yearning for completion. Wholeness has no form because it is unlimited. To seek a special person or a thing to add to you to make yourself complete can only mean that you believe some form is missing. And by finding this, you will achieve completion in a form you like. This is the purpose of an idol that you will not look beyond it to the source of the belief, the source of the belief that you are incomplete. And, and what I wanted to say about that um, reflects the same idea that Lana was talking about. When I follow in the way it pointed me, um, my peaceometer, I call it the peaceometer, my peaceometer is not fluctuating. I have a certainty of um, awareness 
certainty of awareness who I am and what I am and what's um, the truth. And in that certainty, I have no cause for any fluctuation in my uh, mood. You know, I'm just at a consistent state of quiet happiness. Nothing's missing. And so when my peaceometer is functioning, um, I'm elevated. I feel elevated above uh, any conflict. I'm not uh, tempted to engage in fear, I guess is what I'm trying to say. My awareness is steady and without fear. And everything I need is there and there's nothing missing. That sense, you know that sense. But in paragraph 40, he invites me, when my peaceometer is fluctuating, he asks me to look at the source of that belief. What is the source of that idea? And what I want to highlight is the importance of inquiry. Inquiry is just one of the most, uh, one of the most untalked about, but to me the most valuable form of um, getting back to peace because there's only two thought systems that of the ego and the thought system of truth peaceometer peaceometer functions perfectly in the thought system of truth there's no variability there's no shifting of awareness Um, but here I experienced some variability it happened just this just this weekend and I want to talk about um, the power of inquiry the power of certainty, the power of faith, and the power of sharing. Those four ideas come together in this kind of awareness that he's inviting us to. And I want to reflect especially the power of sharing because this is something I know we've all experienced. Um, I had an occasion just yesterday to share a moment of tenderness with someone who uh, open-heartedly Uh, shared with me uh, a deep and persistent abiding fear of the future and um, and in that sharing I sat with that person and held held her hand and said but I heard myself say this is what I want to say I heard myself say whatever happens is going to be just fine because we're going to go through it together all of us and I have absolute certainty. I mean to tell you, I have absolute certainty that it's all going to be just fine. I heard myself say that. And this is the gift, um, the gift of unity, uh, of awareness of who we truly are that uh, he's talking about here. The union of the Son of God with the mind of the Father and that union is is so perfect and of such certain awareness that you meet someone who's afraid and you can share that moment with them and share the absolute certainty or the faith the faith and certainty that it's going to be just fine and not feel a wobble at all in your awareness that's the beauty of remembering who i am you know that's why god put us here Uh, to share salvation I have a function I have a purpose it's a universal purpose it's the goal we all share 
to complete the atonement, to let the last judgment light up our mind and become aware that there's nothing we need, that we are whole and complete. And why did God give me that? You know, why did God give that to me? Except to share. Except to share. It completes me. That knowledge and sharing that awareness that there is truly nothing to fear because we are all held within the mind of God. Bodies will disappear. Dreams come and go. But the certainty, the certainty of awareness of truth never, ever, ever fluctuates. And that's peace. And that's love. I had a certainty um, of three things that hold me tight. One is to be soft. One is to be attentive to truth, always listening. And the third one, I I can't underestimate the power of sharing because in in sharing certainty, in sharing certainty in faith, in peace, I complete a circuit. I achieve this. I am in the place my father wants me to be. He gave me certainty so that I could share it. And I knew that. I, I knew that uh, with all my heart and soul. But I found a quote, you guys. I found a quote that says it. Three things, to be soft, to attend, and to share. And here's the quote. It's in chapter 11, in the 77th paragraph. Love is sharing. How can you find it except through itself? Offer it, and it will come to you, because it is drawn to itself. This is why... Our Father wants us to know that we are complete in Him so that we can share that love wherever we are with whomever we are and complete that circuit of giving. Not that it is my own blessing, but it's the blessing to the sonship. You know, the soul knows, he says, the soul knows, loves, and creates. That's that's what the soul does. That's its unequivocal function, to know, to love, and to create. Love is known by sharing, and so our Father gives us the perfect awareness of the truth so that we can share it and complete his giving. That's why we're here. That's the universal purpose. And when I'm aligned with universal purpose, uh, my peaceometer isn't fluctuating, and, uh, and everything is just perfectly as it is appointed on the way. Uh, I think I'm complete, and I was really happy to be able to share that today. Thanks, you guys. Thank you so much, Lori. Oh, that was wonderful, Lori. I so agree. Sharing just strengthens everything, and often the person we're sharing with, it's it's miraculous. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. That was really good. Um, I feel like I need some miracles in my life. But, um, 
that's all I can say right now. But um, thank you again. I'm complete. Oh, thank you, Ida. Oh, we still have 12 of us on the call, I'm really happy to say. And, uh, and the, floor's, the floor's wide open for anyone we haven't heard from yet this morning. Good morning, this is Sandra again, and <clears throat> I would just like to say I, you are the miracle you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just like the glorious surprise. <laughs> I think I heard somebody say, "Seek not outside yourself," <laughs> which was Judy, um, <clears throat> which I said yesterday, which was <laughs> which is just like when we realize that we're it. And, yeah, things don't work out the way we think they're supposed to work out, but we're creative. That's the beauty of it. Maybe they're not supposed to work out that way. Maybe I just need to change my mind and, and see, it a di- see it differently and, and then turn it into something, something you know, that, that will give me more peace. It's just, it's just it's asking us to be hugely creative especially when, when we're up against it. Um, and, and, and I'm finally getting it. It's like, oh, that door shut. Well, there's 5,000 other doors. <laughs> Thank you, Sandra. I, um, Thank you, everybody, for your wonderful shares. And I'm so glad to hear you reiterate that again and again and again. I've written it down a half a dozen times. It's just beautiful. <laughs> but the, um, the word form, form and idols um, are repeated so often today. I, I feel compelled to, to speak of it in order to, to clarify what I think the Course is trying to help to understand, that um, the world that we see, um, the bodies that we see it through is instruments of perception. And the way the Course talks about perception of form is deception, that we are, we are deceived and our truth is hidden because we're perceiving form. And what made invisible is love. And in heaven... Through vision, that's all we see. Now, I just that thought just occurred to me. You know, what what am I as a capital thought in the mind of God? I contemplated that, and it was beyond my mind. It was beyond my imagination. It was beyond symbols, letters, words, concepts, beliefs. It was beyond all of that. So the course teaches us this: our re, capital reality is formless. And it's changeless, it's limitless, it's everywhere. It's in everything, as everything appears from it and disappears back into it. 
and there's no beginning or end to it. Um, you know that these these um, qualities that um, I was created in the likeness and and sameness of qualities, likeness, qualities, as my creator, that I'm purely spirit, purely mind, and that that's here and now. We just can't see it. But the, the, the Course strongly, strongly emphasizes over and over again that I should be aware of it. This is what um, all the means God has given me um, restores me to the awareness of it, practicing letting go of my thinking, because most of my thinking is judgments and opinions. Be still, look through love and eyes, asking what things are instead of assuming or concluding what I think I know about things. And all thoughts being objects of form, that thoughts are forms, that I can let go of perceptions and forms, that the thinking of the world is an idol. Thinking about the world, thinking about duty as being a body, which is a form in the world, is a form for being an idol. So, you know, the all-inclusiveness of this, you know, perceiver, Judy being the perceiver and perceiving things as outside of herself um, is why she feels incomplete. She feels little and small and vulnerable and afraid. And this is what the courts has freed me from, limiting myself to the bondage of that limited kind of thinking that I am so much more than that. If, ooh, that <laughs> interesting background. <laughs> interesting. Anyways, um, the curiosity and the inquiring that that I've done through doing the lessons and um, the practicing, practicing applying the new ideas and letting go of the old ideas, the old thought system for the new thought system of loving, acceptance, unconditional acceptance, radical acceptance, that this world, I don't know what the purpose of this world was until the Course said, the only purpose it has is that I don't judge it. Don't judge it. It's neutral. The body's neutral. You give it all the meaning. And by giving it meaning, you give it power. You invest it. You invest meaning into it. And then the power, it's like the idea of time. Investing the idea of time with power. And then I became become a slave to it. And this is how the course, the text speaks of becoming a slave, a slave to my own thinking, believing my own thoughts, believing that um, this reality is true. And it's just like one big rabbit hole. And, you know, just not to be so serious about it. You know, I mean, it really does take reflection and honest questioning from a place where I really don't know. I don't think I know the answer, and I'm not looking for an answer I want. I want to know the honest answer, and I want the truth. I want the truth to be revealed to me. 
so, this is so beautiful to me, and it really is experiential. I mean, it just, it makes every single cell in my body unite with every single cell in the universe. That what Bryce said about nothing special, everything is special, everything is important, because everything has God within it, evenly and equally throughout the whole sonship as one complete and perfect creation. And it's like, where are the lines? Where are the borders? Where are the limits? Where are the edges? When my mind opens to that being my reality, it's, you know, it's like, (laughs) and it's pointless to think I can slice it up and, and dice it up and judge any part of it because it's just too big for my my itty-bitty brain, uh, my itty-bitty committee in my head to even think about it. You know, it's all, it's all like anybody that was ever born contributed to Judy being Judy. And everybody that ever was born contributed to everybody being whoever they are right here, right now. And everything that's made, created, has had a part in, equally in a, a part of everything else. It's like, it just becomes so... The phenomenal in, 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 in the nuominal, it becomes one great, big, wonderful surprise, Lori said. <laughs> surprise. Isn't it amazing? I mean, we're on a planet circling the sun in a universe. And um, I heard John Mundy say, and I'll quit with this, um, there's a line in the text that talks about God being the universe of universes, and he was washing his dishes one day and contemplating that, and a little bug, tiny black bug, ran across his white windowsill in front of his kitchen sink, and he said, that's God. That's a universe in one little insect. When you think about all the cells in an insect, and we're all universes in the universe of God, it's just... Enough out of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm filled with enthusiasm, filled with the spirit today. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Judy. <clears throat> Thank you, Judy. A lot there. Yeah, I love that in paragraph 46. I love it. Single word I said. I was like, "What did I just say?" <laughs> Go ahead, Lori. Sorry, I interrupted. No, you just you highlighted um, you highlighted for me at forty six where he says, "Who knows the Father? Who knows the Father knows this light. Who who knows the Father knows this light." Doesn't that just remind you of um, Lesson 256, Let Me Remember My Goal is God? Or, I think it was 183, The Name of God is My Inheritance. I call upon God's name and on my own. You know, this, this union of the soul with the Father as it was eternally created. Who knows this light knows the Father who knows the Father knows his light. His purity does not depend 
on whether it is seen or not. And then the line, no space or time. No space or time that limits awareness. But the idea of an idol, something else. I was looking at a, you know how your Facebook feed does, it gives you all kind of stuff. Most most of it's based on, I think, uh, what you've liked in the past. But anyway, my Facebook feed has gotten pretty pure. And (laughs) and in my Facebook feed comes this uh, link to a YouTube uh, that goes into a long discussion of how philosophers, scientists, um, religious people, physicists, uh, are all joining in the idea of exploring what is the nature of this universe? You know, uh, it used to be measured, uh, you know, at, from the Big Bang, that thing a long, long, long time ago that created the stars, which, as we see them, are distant past. And then Einstein's theory of relativity changed all that um, and established relationships among the universes. But the gathering momentum now as to answering the question, what is the universe, is that we've had it all wrong. That the nature of the universe is purely consciousness. Awareness and consciousness. Isn't that incredible? And so all these minds have have gathered to um, establish a universal uh, thought that includes everything manifested and unmanifested um, and establishes that cause, that universal cause as consciousness. This is the invitation of this reading. If I don't value something else more, this is the awareness that my Father wills that I have, that I belong to first cause. I will eternally be an effect of that cause and that that cause, uh, that cause is love. It's eternal, unchanged, and extends forever. That's the nature of conscious awareness my father would like me to have. Not as a fleeting idea, but as um, the backdrop that forms my awareness of everything that happens in my life is part of consciousness that I can embrace fully, that I can love, and that I can share. That's the why of this awareness, that we can extend our Father's will, that we can participate in creation, that we can share that awareness in a way that not only fortifies and anchors us, but also extends this idea so that love can replace fear eternally. There is no time or space. So now, now my idea of atonement, accepting the one universal truth that can only be used to bless, has fixed me, fixed me in a place where I understand my eternal relationship to source 
my eternal relationship to creation, my eternal relationship to self, capital self, my eternal timeless and spaceless eternal relationship unchanged by distance or time. I don't have to die to know this. I don't have to give up my body to have this awareness and share it. I can share it now. And when I do, when I do, I understand what he means about you are not saved from anything. You are saved for glory. That glory of creation um, that we can share with certainty with our brothers establishing forever the kingdom of heaven. That's what we're here for. That's why um, all our learning is pointed toward unlearning. That's why the power of inquiry will always correct me. Always. Because every idea contrary to that is an idea that's in my mind. And I can release it. If I'm ever out of peace, there's an idea in my mind I can release by simply asking, what is the truth of this? Isn't that incredible? What a plan. And then come to realize salvation's already here for everyone. There's not even anybody who needs saving. Anyway, I, I'm complete. This, this awareness is, is everything. And how do we know we have it except that we have opportunities to share it? Thank God. Um, and that's the gift we give each other, huh? So thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining on this call. And um, I think I'll close with this. In the temple, holiness waits quietly for the return of them that love it. Capital Presence knows they will return to purity and to grace. The graciousness of God will take them gently and cover all their sense of pain and loss with the immortal assurance of their Father's love. Their fear of death will be replaced in the joy of living. For God is life and they abide in life. Life is as holy as the holiness by which it was created presence of holiness lives in everything that lives for holiness created life and leaves not what it created only as itself in this world you can become a spotless mirror in which the holiness of your creator shines forth from you to all around you you can reflect heaven here yet no reflections of the images of other gods must dim the mirror that would hold God's reflection in it Earth can reflect heaven or hell. God or the ego. You need but leave the mirror clean and clear. All the images of hidden darkness you've drawn upon it and God will shine upon it of himself. Only the clear reflection of himself can be perceived upon it. Reflections are seen in light. In darkness they are obscure and their meaning seems to lie only in shifting interpretations rather than in themselves. But the reflection of God needs no interpretation. It is clear, clean but the mirror and the message which shines forth from what the mirror holds out for everyone to see, no one can fail to understand. 
is the message that the Holy Spirit is holding. It's the mirror that is in him. He recognizes it because he's been taught his need for it. But knows not where to look for to find it. Let him then see it in you and share it with you. This is what we bring to all the world. I'm reading from the Recognition of Holiness in Chapter 14. It's a beautiful uh, section 5. Put a punctuation mark on our lesson today and our reading today. So, Thank you, everyone. And I'm so glad that the thought system of truth is reflected everywhere. (laughs) And that's what I'm looking for. I'll end our recording, but not